Hi, this is Donna Mills. You are listening to TV Confidential. Uh, October 22nd, 1942. Al definitely from this era. Annette Funicello was born in Utica, New York. Walt Disney's favorite mouseketeer. Yes. And she was, yeah, a mouseketeer on the Mickey Mouse Club. You're talking about TV history here. Mm-hmm. This is serious TV history. And she would later star in several Disney features, including The Shaggy Dog, mm-hmm. which is 1959. And then she did uh, all of those uh, beach uh, movies with, Ooh, uh, with Frankie, Frankie Avalon. Frankie Avalon, uh, beach. Uh, Beach Party, right. Muscle Beach, and, and then, and of course, what song, what dance would they be doing constantly on the beach? The twist. The, the twist, yes. <laughs> it all ties it together. It all ties together. That was, pro- it, that was probably an acceptable dance yes. in those movies. and, and Especially in a bikini. Right. And she never wore bikinis, and even if the movie well, had... Did she, she w- did she wear two pieces? She would wear two pieces, but she would wear the ones with the mesh right. that covers her midriff because she was very loyal to Disney. And uh, Even though Disney had nothing to do with these even parties. Even though Disney had nothing to do with these movies, she knew that Disney... I mean, she owed everything to Disney. Dis- Disney basically cast her. Disney was the, gave her the prominent spot on the Mickey Mouse show and uh disney kind of helped spearhead her recording career and uh, i i don't recall whether he actually said one thing or another but uh she was very she knew that he was very mindful of her image yes and um so she never you know she never wore an overtly sexy bikini she would wear the sort of the she usually wore one piece and if she wore two piece it'd be the one where her mm. navel was And please there. remember in the 60s two pieces were very different than the ones today they Absolutely. might as well have been one pieces exactly. I mean, how much fabric sub- was used back then versus now Oh a substantial amount yes. of fabric but she would she would do that I mean yeah she was uh, Disney Tommy Kirk also uh, did a pajama game mm mm-hmm. With her, Frankie has a, a cameo in that. Right, but it also featured um, Harvey Lenbick as uh, Eric von Zipper, Eric who Zipper. was a reoccurring villain in all of the uh, Beach Blanket movies. And, uh, and yeah, Tommy be- Kirk was another uh, a Disney. Uh, yeah, he was another former uh, Disney star. He had you know for a good run. And yeah, he was. I th- I don't think he did Spin and Marty, but he did. He did one of the. I believe. I he think did he did one. Shaggy Dog, and uh, I thought he was uh, either Spin or Marty. And then also th- they did the Hardy Boys and Annette. Right, I know. And, I know he did. He was not a Mouseketeer, but he did one of the shows that was on. Yeah, you had Spin and Marty. Okay. You had the Hardy Boys. Annette did one. Darlene from the Mouseketeers did another one. I think it was Corky and White Shadow. Yeah, and uh, so it's amazing how we know all this. I'm sure we can r- ramble off a whole bunch of Mouseketeer yes, names too. Absolutely. But uh, she, she also, you know, after the run of the Beach uh, movies. Uh, she was always uh, involved with any sort of Disney milestone mm-hmm. event. She and a lot of the other Mouseketeers. We have worked with uh, Robert Burgess, who's the son of Bobby Burgess, mm-hmm. who still goes around uh, any sort of Disney-themed event where the, the history of Disney is covered. He's still covering that sort of stuff, uh, touring with that and with uh, the Lawrence Welk uh, franchise people. 
And uh, she also did a movie, uh, Annette did a movie with Frankie called Back, Back to, to the, the Bees. Yes. 1987. 1987. Close enough, yeah. Featuring uh, Barbara Billingsley and Jerry Mathers. Oh, they were two of the judges of a surfing contest. Right. Uh, it also featured Don Adams as, as the Commodore of the Beach. Bob Denver playing Gilligan, Gilligan. And a uh, mm. cameo of Alan Hale as the skipper. I don't think Harvey Lembeck was uh, around any... I think he may have passed by He may have point. passed by then. Uh, his son, Michael, is... Captain Cool. Captain Cool. He wasn't doing Captain Cool back no, then. No, no. I think it was on One Day. I think yeah, One Day at a Time, he was Max, and he's directing a lot now. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, here here is an American institution. She announced that in uh, 1992, she announced that she had multiple sclerosis. Yeah. We did a show with Jennifer Armstrong, who wrote a, an oral history of the Mickey Mouse Club, and she talked to all the surviving Mouseketeers, and I think she, I think she talked to, I believe she talked to Annette, but... Basically, when, when you read people's recollections, even her rival, Darlene, mm-hmm. um, because Darlene Gillespie felt, you know, Annette stole her thunder, and but but even even so, when she speaks about Annette directly, there's genuine fondness, and that that's, that kind of runs down the line for anybody who knew her or worked there. I mean, just to know, I mean, people just like people just liked her. Yeah, she was likable. I've never heard anything negative yeah. about her being a prima yeah. donna yeah. or just She was not- as down to earth as you can be. And uh, when we had Greg Airbar on to talk about the Disney music, I mean, she was the first to, I mean, Disney Disney pushed her into being a recording star because yeah. you, you know, Di- Disney, all, the mind was always ticking in, you know, okay, uh, because it would, it would be money. And so, okay, you've got... The star of the Mouseketeers is get her on records. We'll sell records, and people want to hear what Annette and Annette didn't see herself as a singer. She really. knew that she had, she had limited range at best, mm-hmm. and yet Tootie, the the man who was one of the driving forces of Walt Disney Records, he came up with this great uh, Tootie Camarata, uh, one of the legends of Walt Disney music. He came up with this great idea where he sort of overlapped tracks of Annette singing and so is the so-called Annette sound and it over it, it compensated for the fact that when she sang straight it was kind of a limited range and so it was very artful and uh, they so you hear a lot, lot when she sings like how do I know my love right yeah. you you hear it and it has that that low echo to yeah. it yeah in one of the uh, YouTube videos that will be on the blog she actually does talk about being approached by Walt doing that yeah. but also remember in that time uh, Ricky Nelson, basically on Ozzy and Harriet, was being told we want you know Ricky to sing a song. Ricky did have some musical aptitude, and Ozzy wanted Ricky to sing in the show to you know not only launch his career, but you know you know basically you, know, you had twenty minutes of a sitcom and a ten minute music video at right. the end. And when that was happening, then over at the Donna Reed show, mm-hmm. said, well, yeah, we want Paul, Shelley Fabray right. to sing. Or Who Paul couldn't Peterson. sing? Right. Or, yeah, they wanted you know Paul Peterson, another uh, Mouse- uh, Mouseketeer. Right. Well, he and, wasn't a Mouse. Well, he, I think he was later. He was fired. He was fired. Yeah, he, he auditioned, but he was fired. Shelley Fabray was one that was you know also just part of that. And he said, "Oh, yeah. we want her to sing." And, mm, and Johnny Angel. Yeah. Johnny Angel. Yeah. yeah. And but so there was uh, a demand that if you had somebody that was popular, right. standout, we want them to sing, whether they could sing <laughs> or not. Disney made her sing. Yeah, well, in, in one yeah, way or another. But but, but, but t- the Disney had people who can make her sound good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Disney. Uh, and and I, you know, they and, had and and again, you could do a lot of things in post production and looping and stuff, but the, you didn't have that singular sound. That yeah. 
Disney could make two ink and paint girls uh, be the voice of Chip and Dale. Yeah. They could make Annette sing. Yeah. But uh, so she is an institution. Yeah, and we had Back to the Beach again. Very nostalgic. Uh, very, very, very. You know, you're not going in expecting the greatest movie ever made, but no. it was kind of fun. It is what it is. What? But it was it fun. is. And she was part of, I would say, two big uh, show business uh, institutions. One, the Mickey Mouse Club, which had a, an incredible run again in the 1970s uh, in syndication, which spawned a whole new generation of Mouseketeers. And then also the Beach Party movie. What was the line of... She did a bunch of commercials. Skippy Peanut Butter. Skippy Peanut Butter. Which was a running gag in Back to the Beach. Because every time she opened a cabinet in the kitchen, it was top to bottom full of (laughs) peanut butter. (laughs) And every time she was preparing something in the kitchen, she was spreading peanut butter on white bread. And I mean, it was just—it was a perfectly natural thing to be seeing in the yeah. background of Annette's kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Also, that movie—it's kind of weird to mention it now—but they do fly to L.A. And while they're at LAX, O.J. Simpson's running through the airport, <laughs> and their kids going, "Wait a second, is that?" And then he trips over a suitcase and right. nah, can't be him. <laughs> you know, you talk about it now, it's like, Ugh. right? But yeah, uh, yeah, fight, yeah. Uh, you fight what seven years before the fact? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 But yeah, what was that? He was spokesperson for was it Hertz? He was Hertz. Sp- Super Hertz, Hertz? Hertz yeah. Car. the superstar yeah. of rent a car. That's uh, yeah. that's right. right. Wow. Yeah. So he he did Hertz and he, and, he, and uh, he, he was Norbert. He was Norbert Nur- in the uh, naked mo- in the naked, naked gun, gun. naked gun movies. So yeah. So if we can dispute uh, who OJ killed or didn't kill, but we can certainly all agree he killed that franchise because there wasn't going to be a part four after all of that. That's you got that right. Yes. So you he, got that right. he he. And uh, anything Leslie Nielsen tried to do in that vein was never, yeah. 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 But you know, if he it's was a shame too, because shame if he too. was in a part four, there'd be a problem. If he wasn't in a part four, there'd be a problem. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, we could argue the other thing, but he did kill that franchise. How do we get to him uh, when we're talking about America's Sweetheart and Nat Funicello? The world may never know. The w- <laughs> <laughs> no, it was Skippy, not Smokers. <laughs> But well, anyway, she uh, she is a, a, a very a tootsie roll. How many licks does it take to, to the, get, the get the center of the tootsie, tootsie pop? Roll. Yeah, that's tootsie it. Pop. The world would we'll never know. know. But anyway, she, not only is she a part of television history, but she's a very important part of Disney history. And I'm I'm glad to see that you know the people over at Disney are keeping uh, her contribution to the Disney franchise alive and well. And there are people who work with the Disney archives who are getting that stuff out. On websites, a friend of ours, Josh Dressetta, is one of the Disney armchair archivists. So all of this stuff is available, if not on the Disney Channel, on uh, you know reruns of Disneyland. But all of this stuff is getting new life all out there in, in traditional media and new media as well. Tony and Donna will be back in our second hour for more of this week in TV history. In the meantime, we'll take a quick time out. Then we'll play part two of our conversation with James Dumont next on TV Confidential. Story Salon is Los Angeles' longest-running storytelling venue. We have live shows every Wednesday in Studio City, as well as solo shows, podcasts, CDs, and several books. Los Angeles Daily News calls Story Salon gemstones of narrative, something new, funny, astonishing. Sunset Magazine says, tales tall, tragic, and tantalizing. All of this makes Story Salon one of the most eclectic entertainment experiences available. You can learn more about us by going to our Facebook page or by visiting our website, at www.storysalon.com. 
accredited by Guinness World Records. Welcome to Archival Television Audio, Incorporated. A peerless TV soundtrack archive, preserving the audio from television's first three decades, the 1950s, 60s, and 70s, the golden and silver age of television. For more information, go to atvaudio.com. Ed Robertson, author friend Donna Allen Figueroa, who I understand has a new book out. Yes, it's entitled Fall Again Beginnings. It's the first part of a four-part contemporary romantic series a set against the background of working actors. Something that you know a, little, a thing well, or two well, about. Well, you write what you know, and I have been working in the business for several years. It is not necessarily autobiographical, but it's based on... Sure, many of the experiences that the actors in my book have. Many have happened to me. Many have happened to friends of mine. It's not if you're looking for... Valley of the Dolls, it's not, it's grounded in reality. It is grounded in reality, and it's the first in a series. Yes. Called the Fall Again series. Fall Again. Which is available as a paperback as well as an ebook and in Kindle at fallagainseries.com. One more item the holidays are upon us, and there is nothing more joyful and heartwarming than the familiar songs of the Yuletide season, many of which you will hear on a classic. Christmas, a classic Christmas, a brand new special hosted by Gavin McLeod and Marion Ross that premieres Saturday, November 16th on most PBS stations with replays throughout November and well into December. The latest edition of the popular My Music series, A Classic Christmas, features rare archival footage of top music stars from the 50s through the 1970s, all performing traditional carols such as Silent Night, popular standards such as White Christmas, children's tunes such as Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, plus the Christmas song, Winter Wonderland, and other romantic selections. Among the great artists you will see in A Classic Christmas are Bing Crosby, Perry Como, Judy Garland, Nat King Cole, The Carpenters, Andy Williams, Rosemary Clooney, Johnny Mathis, Gene Autry, The Drifters, and in an all-new performance, Ronnie Spector. A Classic Christmas, hosted by Gavin McLeod, and Marion Ross, A Classic Christmas, premieres Saturday, November 16th on most PBS stations. It will also be replayed throughout November and well into December. Check your local PBS listings for time and channel. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.